lock us in, load us in, pop in that A-track, spin the tape. Here we go. Hey now, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Star Wars Time Show. It's Matt, Nick, and Pete, and Ray, the action figure that is. She's passed out on my desk right now. I don't know why. Maybe she drank a little bit tonight. You never know. And BBH chilling, but he's not alive right now because he's out of juice. All right, my friends, we're back for a new episode. Hopefully you've come over from the Entertainment Budacast Network and you've You've settled in, just like Nick and I have. I mean, we're four episodes in now to the rebooted Star Wars Time show on StarWarsTime.net. That's right, StarWarsTime.net. Get with it. I know .net kind of sounds... It's almost communistic. (laughs) But we had to do it. That's just what we had to do, because some dope's got StarWarsTime.com rerouting to, like a bare fucking website so you never know it is what it is starwarstime.net's out there it's got one of the best podcasts for star wars fans of a more uncivilized age all right buddy so we got a lot of mandalorian stuff to go through this week yeah, there's um, there's been quite a bit of Mando news. Obviously, some of this coming out of making Star Wars, some of it coming out of official Star Wars, but we got a lot of good insight into what this show could provide. And uh, the first story that you dug up was quite the gem, sir. Why don't you why don't you introduce us to this new character that we're gonna see? Yeah, so. I think it was actually the last cast. We kind of went over the official casting reveal from Lucasfilm, Disney, whatever you want to call it. And it confirmed a lot of the big-name actors that Making Star Wars had thrown out there and other sites had latched onto. I mean, Pedro Pascal, obviously, is going to be the lead. Gina Carano is going to be in it. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito, we found that's going to be in it, which I personally love. Nick hates. 100%. Um, yeah, I mean... Breaking Bad is literally, he has like anti-Breaking Bad posters hanging in his apartment right now. I do. I'm looking at it. It's right above my computer. But, you know. He said, down with Gus. Either way, one of the castings that was revealed was Nick Nolte. And Nick and I, we kind of made fun of it. We ran with a bit and like, okay, is he going to play like a space drunk, a Mandalorian drunk? What type of drunk is he going to play? Well, this week... According to, again, Making Star Wars, got to give him credit, Jason Ward over there. Apparently, through their sources, they've figured out what role or what character Nick Nolte is going to play. And again, if you don't want to know, spoilers for the next few minutes. Okay? Tune out. All right, here we go. Anyways, so apparently Nick Nolte... (laughs) Is playing an Ugnaught. It's so perfect. Because if you know what an Ugnaught is, and if you're following along with us on the on the uh, the post that we're going through from StarWarsTime.net, there's a picture of one right there. And you know what Nick Nolte looks like? His face looks exactly like an Ugnaught's right. face. I mean, like, 
they almost don't need the technology that went on to be praised in making Star Wars article. I mean, the article basically said that Nolte essentially filmed his role within a day from within a linen closet <laughs> thanks to technology that allowed him to essentially transfer his facial expressions and, of course, his voice to a small person actor that was on set. It's the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard in my life. Like, Nick Nolte literally put on a face mask in a closet and recorded a part for a TV show that cost $10 million an episode. Like, this is the world now, people. You don't even need to be in the same state. The dude just put on a mask and he made his face do what the character's face does and that character's face is on a small person on the Mandalorian set. like Right, do, <laughs> doing the physical stuff and probably sitting there, like, you know, making body motions as he's talking and making that person's mask move. I mean, it's pretty cool. So, I guess, I mean, if this is true, and honestly, I, I, I'm pretty much taking it to the bank that it's going to be true, do you believe that this is, this is a character that's going to be one-off, or maybe did... Do you think he might have just recorded scenes for multiple episodes and he's going to be like a recurring minor but not minor character? I got to I mean, say, I think you're right on that. Like the the recurring minor makes the most sense because it's a day it was a one-day shoot apparently and I don't think that you would put up Nick Nolte's name in in you know the the full casting list like starwars.com did if he was only in it for five minutes, like if he was only in it for one episode and he played like a, like a semi-prominent part, it doesn't make any sense. It would make more sense if he did have like, you know, say, you know, five minutes in one episode, three minutes in another, 10 minutes in another, like if he's in it, if he's in like a majority of the episodes, but just in a, it's almost like, you know, if you guys have been watching Star Wars Resistance, I could see him kind of being like an Aunt Z character. 100%, 100%. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking is that, you know, maybe he does run a bar or maybe he's like a scrap shop or something like that. Um, it would make sense that they would like, you know, the main characters of, you know, Pedro Pascal, Gina Carano, they would make their way over to this character daily or something like that or once an episode. Yeah, so, I mean, again, like I said, if it's coming from MSW, I we can't discount it. We can't. No, 100%. I just, it's probably going to be legit. I think it's awesome. I mean, Ugnots are, they're Ugnots after all. I mean, they, they played as much as we don't want to think about it. They, they did play a key role in Empire. I mean, they, they not only helped contribute to blowing apart, See. well, not blowing them apart, but keeping c-3po apart yeah sorting empire but they also contributed to putting han solo and carbonite yeah yeah i mean um i mean so they're complicit in some pretty deep shit yeah i mean it's gonna be interesting to see how this character plays out i don't think that I, i i'll say this i'll say that ugnaughts i don't think are necessarily morally bad characters i just think that they're scavengers and like they they make money the way that they can they're almost they like, did fuck with chewy pretty hardcore though they, I mean, did. they were being dicks to chewy i think the best way to describe them is they're like 
goblins from Harry Potter, where like goblins don't give a yeah. fuck about anything except <laughs> themselves. Like they are, they're assholes. Yeah. So I, I mean, again, I cannot. I mean, Chewie at that point just have been. I mean, he must have been just so devastated because if you see Chewie in Solo and then Chewie in Empire. I mean, solo Chewie would have taken the Ugnaughts and fucking broken them in half. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's sitting there trying to catch... Or shove them into the furnace. Yeah, it would have, like... Fucking Chewie from Solo literally picks up a guy and drops him directly on his head. Like, he would have had... Yeah, by the way, people, that guy didn't live. No, he's... You don't don't really survive your neck getting jammed into your fucking back. Yeah, he's dead for sure. But yeah... I I don't care if you're an alien or not. you, You don't live. So I, I do think that Chewie may have softened. I don't want to say in his old age because... I mean, maybe he's afraid of these fucks. I mean, you never know. I mean, who knows? Yeah. I mean, Nick Nolte could be the the biggest badass fucking Ugnaught bounty hunter on the in the galaxy. That would be fucking great, dude, if he was <laughs> actually a bounty hunter. Oh, yeah, my God. Uggy oh. the bounty hunter. Dude, can you imagine an Ugnaught bounty hunter? Like, nobody would see this shit coming. Like, they're too... Like, Nobody thinks an Ugnaught can be a bounty hunter. They're too fucking small. I mean, dude, if you play if you play Galaxy of Heroes, I bet you have yet to unlock the Ugnaught because they're so they're useless. useless. Yeah, I like you can li- like it's one of the easiest characters to unlock too because it's a farm that's in like one of the uh, I think it's in the Galactic War thing. And oh, I still dude, have I mean, I, I'm a day one player. He's one of the first people you get unlocked, but he was there was no point. Yeah, exactly. Like, why would I want to do that? Like, what is this character gonna do for me? I think the only thing, the only squad that he's good with in Galaxy of Heroes is a droid squad, because he does like synergistic shit with them. Anyway, the- either way, if this is what Nolte's playing for real, which I think it probably is, yeah. I cannot wait for this show. I know, dude. This show, <laughs> I feel like it's gonna. I mean, fucking uh, an Ugnot in a somewhat serious, this is recurring like... role, if not a, a major role for a, an episode. Yeah, and this being is... voiced by and and por- portrayed by Nick Nolte. I mean, come on, it's perfect. And this is also I mean, like, come on, this is like a serious show. This isn't like you know Star Wars Resistance or Star Wars Rebels, where you had like, you know. I don't want to say a lot of comedy relief, but like it's not a a a mature audience show. Like it's gonna be. Funny I mean, to dude, see cartoons are always gonna be different from live action. Yeah, I mean, and I agree, cartoons can be pretty hardcore, but they just they'll never match the intensity, at least on an emotional level, of a live action. No, I don't think they can either. I mean, and like that is, you know, having seen fantastic star wars animated series like clone wars and rebels and stuff like that it's just when those emotional highs come and those emotional lows come in live action it just it does it hits you a little harder like so um yeah it's a very interesting little piece of information not only because of the tech that's being used but the fucking character that is being rumored here that that nick nolte's playing a fucking pig face ugnaught it's gonna be great. It's pig, gonna be. I like how you, I like how you added in pig face. That's just what they look like. I'm not trying to talk it down. That's just what they look like. They just look like that. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they are little pig fuckers. Oh man. All right. Let's move on to our next piece of Mando news, and this is not gonna be nearly as funny or uh, revealing as to the plot of it. But we did get an announcement on 
the Mandalorian's composer, the person who's going to put together the score and the music for the Mandal Mandalorian, and that is, I might need your help here on this, la on this last name, Matt, if you got some German pronunciation. Dude, I, I, I'm going with Ludwig Goransson. Yeah, that's probably as good as it's going to get. Ludwig Goransson. Yeah, no, dude, that was, I mean, that, that was beautiful. I mean, you you sound like a Nazi. <laughs> I wasn't I mean, going that right for there. That. I mean, that that sounded full on like almost you're ready to do the the zig hail. Yeah, I wasn't going for that, but he's this is No, that was good. <laughs> I I think you nailed it. And honestly, the biggest surprise to me is this motherfucker was the composer of Black Panther. And if you look at this guy, and this is going to sound terrible, this is not the guy I imagined that composed that amazing Black Panther score. No, no. I mean, this is like, he, this dude looks like a hippie. Like, he's got long hair, white dude, long hair, kind of scratchy little beard. And... Yeah, I mean, this guy, I, I mean, he looks like the furthest thing from composing Black Panther. Let's be real. I mean, that shit, that, that was some awesome, like, tribal-level yeah. orchestral music. Oh, yeah. And, but that just speaks to his talent. Like, Wow. If I you, mean, I, that that's what blew me away more than anything. I mean, kudos to him that he parlayed it into some Star Wars work now. Yeah. Because if you but look at But the fact it, that this guy was the Black Panther dude, I mean, I don't know. If, I know Black Panther's up for some Golden Globes and potentially Academy Awards. I mean, it, it should be up for its score because that shit was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And the fact that it came from this pasty-ass, like, almost red hair motherfucker, long hair wear motherfucker, it's it's crazy to me. Oh, yeah. it's It's a surprise, but... If you look at his other body of work, I mean, he's done a lot of stuff, but his like his claims to fame are Creed and Creed Two makes sense. Fruitvale, so, yeah, he did get a Golden Globe for Black Panther then. Yeah, okay, he did. That's that's awesome. And then he did Fruitvale Station. So the only well, he's he's nominated. Okay, so he's not okay. I didn't get it. But, he's but yeah, no, dude, he did Creed, Creed Two, Venom. Yeah, but. Okay, so I'll tell you how the link to Black Panther comes. This movie, Fruitvale Station, a lot of people don't know what it is. It It is directed by the same guy who directed Black Panther. Is it his... Was was Fruitvale his first deal then? It might have it's been. It's Coogler, right? Yeah, yeah. It's Ryan Coogler. He did Fruitvale Station and also... Um, Michael B. Jordan was the star of Fruitvale Station. Okay, so this is like... And, and I'll tell you right now. I mean, I know inside hollywood life just because of two of my buddies that have done it and it is i mean it's mafia yeah it's like once you get in and you find people you like to work with those that become more successful will carry others with them yeah and if you look i mean just like that link alone oh yeah that's Station. totally uh, that makes complete sense this is kugler or at least as we're talking black panther Kugler been like, yo, I'm bringing dude and dude just because I've worked with them before. I'm comfortable and I know I can get what I want. Yeah, and he's also done a lot of work with um, Donald Glover. Childish Gambino is obviously his music name, but he's done a lot of work on Childish Gambino. I mean, dude, stuff, he looks so. like Weird Al to me. He kind of like he's definitely not like if you think of a composer, you think of John Williams, you think of 
you know, uh, Danny Elfman. You you can picture, you know, Hans well, Zimmer. Well, just even the people he's like worked that. with. And again, I'm not trying to be stereotypical, but I guess I am. Yeah. I mean, dude, literally looks like Weird Al, and he's doing some fantastic, like, R&B, hip-hop, tribal shit. Yeah, yeah, he does. I mean, it, it's it just speaks to his... I guess his flexibility and the type well, of it's, work. That I he love can him. Do. I love the guy. And apparently, I'm the same way. I mean that that that's the music that speaks to me more than anything. Yeah. Apparently, he also did some sort of work on Infinity War soundtrack work on Infinity War. Impressive, impressive stuff. So, um, oh, he's listed in that because he wrote the Black Panther theme. Obviously, dumb. Um, but yeah, I mean. I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he's probably credited for the Wakanda entrance, all that. Yeah, shit. exactly. So, um, if I mean, I know that we've been talking about how this guy looks loud, but if you like, we'll have the post, uh, the the post for this in the in the podcast post. So just follow along, and then there's an image of him in there, and you can see him. Um, but pretty cool stuff. Um, again, like I said, this is not going to be like a revealing kind of, uh, you know kind of information that we're getting here this is just this guy's the composer here's his his uh resume pretty impressive has you know obviously worked with a lot of impressive movies a lot of really uh good people in hollywood so it's gonna be really cool to see how he brings to life the mandalorian um do you think he just goes straight out and tries to mirror like a john williams style like that same very heavy brass, like very heavy like symbols and no shit like way, that. nah, different. Direction. I think I mean again. I think he's gonna bring just all the people you rattled off. I mean, I, I think he's gonna bring his sensibilities and his comfort zone. So I think it is gonna be more multicultural, maybe slanting towards more hip hop. You know, uh, that type of music. That'll be interesting, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm fucking excited to see how this shit goes down. Because. I just, yeah. Dude, I mean, I'm just, I'm, ever since I read this and processed who he is, I'm rattling off the Black Panther orchestral and the shit's just so majestic, but so you know, uh, tribal and different. I, I mean, I don't know how that's going to apply to Star Wars, but I know he's going to do something that sounds unique. Yeah. I mean, I have to go back and I haven't seen Creed too, but if, you know, I can go back and watch Creed and kind of listen to the soundtrack that's there, but it is more of a hip hop style because obviously you're following, you know, Adonis Creed. He's not like, you know, he's kind of bringing himself up through the, you know, the boxing system through the rougher parts of town and stuff like that. It's not like a, a fucking, you know, a, I guess you would say a fanciful ditty. Like, it's it's pretty hip-hop centric and stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, like you say, I mean, dude, he's worked at Glover, Chance the Rapper. I mean, come on. Yeah. The guy just, I mean, just, if, if, if you people have not seen him, and we'll try to link it in the article when we post the cast, it just it's hilarious. I love it. I love it. There's one picture right. of him. This is like <laughs> it's this where it reminds you that this is how the world should be. Dude, this is funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna link you something, Matt, and I'm gonna put this I'll put this picture in the post too. Look at this picture of him standing next to Glover at the I think it's at the Grammys. Alright. <laughs> it, it like 
It looks like yeah. this dude belongs right. on like right. in like an alley or something like that. Yeah. I mean, he's homeless as fuck. <laughs> but he's got a full on like velour suit on. Yeah. It's crazy. It's pure it's pure velvet. It's oh man. It's a it's a fantastic picture. So I'll, uh you know, it's on his IMDb page. Too. Yeah, I love this guy. His beard beard games kind of weak. Yeah, definitely. His hair game's killer. I mean, I mean, I'm bald, so yeah. I'd love to grow hair like that. But far beyond both of us. But yeah, man, rock and roll though. So I'm a big fan of uh, Ludwig. Yeah, born in Sweden, by the way. So I, I, mean, I can't wait to hear what he comes up with. I mean, I do think. I well, I don't think. I hope there's some hints of Star Wars in there, but I mean, just as they did with Rogue One and the other standalones, I mean, so, they're gonna do their own thing, yeah. and they may weave in some themes here and there. Yep, for sure. All right, interesting stuff, everybody. Go check out uh, Ludwig Göransson's uh, musical stylings. Um, so next up is a pretty big piece here. And it's another one about the Mandalorian. This is talking about some potential characters that we may see in the show, specifically characters that you may be familiar with. And we're talking about bounty hunters here, people. Obviously, the Mandalorian was a show that we figured could get into that world, into the bounty hunting world. Um, And now we have another article from MSW explaining exactly how the the bounty hunters could make their way into this show and it's through the droid it's lit like they they called the droid gotra but it's really the yeah, droid go gotra or something yeah but it's the droid clan essentially and a member of that droid clan is ig88 <laughs> and ig88 <laughs> is a pretty badass you know droid bounty hunter um and apparently he's been spotted on the set of the mandalorian already so it's pretty cool. Um, it's pretty cool to see that they could be bringing in some of these classic bounty hunters that we have seen in, you know, cartoon series, and we've heard about them in, you know, books and comic books as well, especially to the level of IG88. So, like, what did you? What was your impression of this this addition, possibly? Well, I, I think it's a bonus, right? Because did we not learn that potentially, if there's going to be a Boba Fett movie, that these guys were going to be prominently featured. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they they said that you would see Bosk, you would see Dengar, or at least the 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 Empire bounty hunters, which throughout the community are known as the Star Wars bounty hunters. I mean, we got Bosk, Dengar, Boba, Ig, Zuckus, Forlom. Yeah. Right. Yep. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's the end all be all all star Star Wars bounty hunters. Yeah. So if they're going to bring him back anywhere, I mean, I totally see Mandalorian being a great place to bring him back. And I don't know if you read it all, but they, outside of IG-88, obviously having the direct connections to the droid Gotra and this, that, and the other thing. But they also mentioned that they're pretty sure that Bosk is going to be involved too. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. They didn't say, I mean, I guess, you know, they'll bring him in in a different way because he's not really associated with that droid clan. But, um, obviously if, if this is the world that we think it's going to be in, that's a little bit more underworld focused, 
Ethan coming across Bosk at Trandoshan won't be hard. Like it's, it's going to be pretty easy to bring him into the fold, especially if this character is jumping around to a lot of different planets, which I, for some reason, I assume that, that we may be jumping a lot here. Um, you would think so. I mean, especially if we're running on the fact that the, the main plot's going to be him protecting this baby that he base, essentially pledged to kill. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm very intrigued to see how this plays out. And I assume, you know, if we do get Bosk and IG-88, I mean, that opens the doors to, you know, the other ones that you've mentioned. Forlom, Dengar, Zuckus. I mean, I don't think that will I mean, get... the only one that is off the table technically is Boba. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. I don't think we get Boba unless they want to use this show as the reintroduction of Boba officially to canon. Because officially, in, in official canon, Boba has not come... He's not alive. Yeah, he's he dies in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, unless we're unaware of a new, a new threat out there about Boba Fett coming back alive, like, he's still dead. I mean, I'm sure that that you know lucasfilm and, and disney and star wars they're trying to figure out the best way to, to to reintroduce him into the new canon but he's still he's still not out of the fucking sarlacc pit yet so um do they want to do it in this show i mean it would be really interesting it would be a really cool way to do it and they there's no way i mean i i think at that point he would just almost overwhelm the mandalorian exactly yeah it's it's I don't think you could do it in passing. I don't think that you could just have the Mandalorian, unless there is a significant arc where the Mandalorian character, Pedro Pascal's character Kill, is, kills them, is either kills them or is working with them. Like it's gotta be one of like, you know, something where there is a significant amount of Boba in the show. It's gotta be in and out. Like he, Boba can't be hanging over the series. Yeah. I mean, it has to be, if he's going to be in it, it has to be a very clear arc where there is a very clear split. Again, he's not a Mandalorian. No, but he is a bounty hunter. And you know, this being right. where we're, where we're heading now, there, there's definitely ways that he could make his way in here. Um, yeah. So it's, it's really interesting information um ig88 also if you don't know what he looks like is a pretty fucking cool looking droid um all black metal he's got this really long head very interesting uh very interesting plenty design. of eyes yeah kind of dopey skinny yeah he's got no way he gets around easily no no he's he's definitely a lanky a lankier motherfucker like he's in star wars galaxy heroes he's squishy as fuck he really is he dies I mean, he's he's weak quickly. as hell yeah and then if that means anything to anybody uh yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean interesting shit here i'm i'm excited for this fucking show like this show has really got me pumped well, I, I don't know if you noticed but i mean these these guys are and i think we've kind of ran with it too but they pretty much are taking it to the bank that mando is going to be a launch title for Disney Plus next year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, the fact that they've been filming, I mean, they'll easily have enough episodes ready to launch with the with Disney Plus in 2019, especially if they're not planning until a fall launch. Yeah, 100%. Like, there's no reason that this show should not be ready by, by launch 2019. Just, it's pretty easy, pretty easy pickings, in my opinion. 
But, um, all right. So if we move on to the next piece, this next piece is the most ridiculous dumb shit I've ever seen in my life. But this is what Star Wars is now. People, Star Wars is a bunch of rumors that don't make any sense about movies that characters shouldn't be I, in. I feel so. like, I mean, if, if there's a joke to be made here, this is like, this, this is Mike Zero level type of stuff. <laughs> yeah, this is like, this is something where you see it and you're like, why the fuck would anybody think about this as a rumor? Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll just hit you with it. And then you as the intelligent bunch of folks that listen to our podcast will immediately know that this makes no sense. So um, there is a rumor out there right now that uh, Padme Amidala will show up in episode nine in some sort of cameo fashion and that she'll be played by obviously Natalie Portman. Uh, does that make sense? No, not in the slightest. Um, but Natalie Portman herself has denied this rumor, saying that if if this is happening, she's not aware of it. Very interesting. Um, I don't know what we can say about this, Matt. Where does this dumb shit come from? <laughs> okay, so first and foremost, this was the first I even learned of it. I mean, I just saw this popped up in my Hootsuite streams I got going on. And I really, I just went, really? Like, this is even real? I mean, they, they actually asked her this because apparently she, she she's doing press for, I think it's called Vox Lux. Something. Uh, she's got a new film out or whatever. And uh, anyway, she was with BuzzFeed and they asked her basically, hey, um, we've heard some rumors that you're going to be in Star Wars Episode Nine, And she, she just, her, her initial reaction was almost enough to just convince me that, this is nonsense yeah she didn't but even even if it isn't i mean even if let's just break this down logically nick i mean how would a padme cameo even fit exactly in any movie outside of a prequel yeah so that's kind of what i talked about a little bit off cast is that there's not even a character available that this would be relevant to none like you could Le- Leia argued, doesn't even know Padme. No, like Leia and Luke don't know Padme. Like the only thing and like you can't reach into the force to find her because she's not a force sensitive person. So it's not at all. So zero. Like, the only way that you could get to this is that if somehow you were seeing inside the mind and you kind of put it in, in the article, if you if you're seeing inside the mind of Anakin somehow but there's the only way that, that you could see that is if somehow Vader came, like Anakin came back and is talking to Kylo through the Force, and then somehow gave him the ability to see what see what was in his head at that time. So if he if Anakin comes back, he's talking to Kylo, telling him like, "You can't go down this dark path. I've been here before. Let me show you what led me here." And then he shows him he like he shows Kylo. Yeah, but even there, like, just use stock footage. Exactly. You just use the footage from three. Like, you don't need you don't need to bring in Natalie Portman again. It doesn't make any sense. Like, this is the most nonsensical rumor I think I may have heard yet. And, like, the fact that I came up with a way for it to work disturbs me a little bit. Because that means I know way too much about how <laughs> shit like this could break down. <laughs> but, I mean, again, it's just... Like I like I wrote in the piece, this is 
I mean, maybe it's it's just due to the lack of leaks we've had from Episode Nine. I don't know, but I mean, to me, this is the epitome of grasping at straws. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense if we if the rumor was we're gonna get Ian McDermott. I could see that. I could see that. Okay, and even that's a stretch over even fucking Hayden Christensen. Yeah, it's just, oh, man, it's one of those things where. I think you're right. Like, people are just trying to come up with shit. They're trying to put shit out there to get, like, any kind of traction, to get anything at all. And they're running out of people. Like, they're running out of characters that they can say, oh, there's going to be a cameo in here. Like, there's nobody left in the OT that makes any sense to make a cameo. We already know Lando's going to be in it. Um, the, the only character from the OT that could make a cameo, and it's already been beaten to death, is Obi. Like, is if Obi makes a cameo in some sort of Force Vision or something like that, but... Wedge. Wedge. Biggs is blown to fuck. That would be pretty pretty dope. I don't know if, the ki- if like, the actor who plays Wedge is still alive, but... That's Obi-Wan's uncle. Like, Ewan McGregor's legit uncle. Okay. Is he still alive? I guess he is alive, right? I mean, he could be. He wouldn't be that old. Yeah, I'm a uh, Dennis Lawson is the guy's name. He's alive. Um, yeah. He is alive and well. Actually, it'd he, be funny to just like randomly throw Wedge in there. That would be pretty crazy. Um, I'm <laughs> or looking, General Nadine. I mean, he still acts too. He was in uh, an episode of Death in Paradise. I don't know what that show is, but I mean, he's around. He's still working. Um, apparently, he he did the voice of of wedge in a tv series yeah is it general nadine or maydeen i think it was m right with an m maydeen yeah hit the hit the google machine i may be i i should know better too because my kid has literally made me watch return of the jedi about 20 times in the past month and a half yeah general Nadine. Yeah, Crix Maydeen with an M. Okay, General Maydeen. That dude's haircut was dope. The dude, he's awesome. He's Who just, introduces <laughs> him? Is it Ma Mothma? Yeah, Ma Mothma. Yeah. General Maydeen. For some reason, I can't stop saying that. Sorry. <laughs> 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 it's like one of the goofiest lines in Star like OT history. Yeah. General Maydeen. Uh, yeah. So it's going to be real interesting to see if we get this cameo. I mean, but there's a lot of characters out there that could make their way into it. I mean, like the wedge callout was good. Uh, I think that's a solid option if you're. Gonna yeah, well, try th- to... dude. I mean, it's not. We should not be interested if we're going to get this cameo because there's no fucking way. If we get this cameo, God bless us all. Yeah, like how it's just what hoops do you have to jump through to get to this natalie portman like like kylo wants to talk to his fucking grandma yeah like oh gosh it's yeah dude i don't know how it would happen i really hope i mean obviously it's not gonna happen it's bullshit but um yeah i mean again this just goes to show you that this is what happens when we go over a you know you know we're getting to a period of time where we're going too long without star Wars, like right. solo released outside of the, outside of the tried and true Biggest window. mistake of all time. Yeah. It should be, it should have released literally last Friday. It should have. And by last Friday, I'm talking like the, you know, like uh, what, do you, what do you want to say? Yeah. Like 14 ish. Yeah. And John Kasdan, in fact, I mean, we're recording this on the 21st. Kasdan put out a tweet today saying, can't help but wonder 
what um what would have happened if solo came out today as in today the 21st but still it's a legitimate thought and we've said it a thousand times on this podcast you release solo now this movie makes 800 million dollars easily easily not even close and the fact that they released it when they did just shows disney's hubris like just pure stupidity and they they thought they were bigger than they are and now we're here we're here in fucking december coming up on christmas with, with multiple multiple star wars projects canceled or delayed yeah. because of solo yeah canceled delayed removed you know and we're sitting here and i'm going home uh tomorrow to louisiana and i don't have a fucking star wars movie to watch with my friends this, you know pretty pretty pisses me off i don't like that i'm not a fan so well, you can always go see aquaman i guess yeah aquaman into the spider verse we talked about that one a little bit so there's some there's some good stuff out there but i mean nothing nothing's gonna beat a nice star wars movie for christmas come on everybody knows that no you're right you're right uh anyway so we, we you know we were talking just now a little bit about the movie release windows the last movie to release in this time frame was none other than the fucking fandom crushing shaking <laughs> the last jedi yeah death to star wars essentially so basically like matt and i kind of started off this week and we knew it was going to be a little light on news so our plan was to go into this as looking at tlj one year later not only the movie but how the franchise itself and the fandom has really been affected by it and there's a lot to break down and i kind of wrote a a semi-relevant piece more focusing on the star wars fandom and how it was affected uh after tlj but also a lot of the amazing things in the fandom and things that have sprouted out of social media and the internet and stuff like that so we're going to talk a little bit about our thoughts on tlj and you know where have we come in this one year since this movie released so i'll kick it to you first matt so just movie wise is there anything that's really different for you movie wise on tlj um not really uh because i was i was kind of a big fan from day one i mean to me still the most jarring thing was getting a text from you <laughs> uh, e even because you even like tease me like because i again i was out west when i saw the movie so you saw it before me actually and you kind of text like okay i'll just the text was basically like oh i can't i can't wait to see what you think so i was like oh wow this is gonna be fantastic and i go into it and it was fantastic to me and i i texted nick it's like oh man that was great and you came back you're like i don't know man i don't really think i liked it yeah it was and I, I, that to me, it was just like, wow, that was the first time, you know, obviously, obviously since forever, because even the prequels, like even it, during the prequels, me and my big Star Wars buddy back then, we at least fooled ourselves and pretended they were good when we first saw them. But Nick kind of came straight out he's like you know it, it was okay it was good but i didn't love it and now it, it was shocking to me yeah and so that's like one of the biggest to me that's a, a year later still that's one of the biggest 
surprises of this movie's release and there, there were many yeah exa- like there were a ton of surprises that came along with the release and after re- the release i mean up until now but i think like in retrospect looking back on that message and our two different reactions to it is indicative of exactly how the fandom split in a way like the the i'll say this like the non-crazies split like how the rational oh, people e- easily, saw but I didn't. E- I I honestly, not for a second, thought that you and I would be. And again, I I know at this point in time you didn't hate it. You you enjoyed it. You gave it like an eighty. Yeah. But at that time, the fact that you even questioned the movie, I felt like we were light years apart. We did. Like it did. I mean, we had long text conversations, like for three four days oh, yeah. i mean I, I felt like i was like holy hell i don't get this like this really this is happening yeah i mean it was like what's wrong with this guy but again <laughs> i mean I, I i respected his opinion i mean it but was. i i honestly i came out of my first screening of the last jedi going jesus christ that was crazy i can't believe he did some of this shit and nothing went down the way i thought it would go in my head and that's what excited me where for a lot of people, that's what upset them so much. Yeah. And I will say that my, in my initial viewing, there's a lot of things that annoyed me in that viewing that I've completely disregarded and kind of pushed to the side. So like I, I, at first I didn't really like killing Snoke, but I'm okay. Like I actually think that's, that's a good move now. I think that that was the proper way to handle it. I mean, maybe not the proper way to handle it, but like get it, like killing Snoke and elevating Kylo to that leadership position within the First Order was an excellent move. Um, and I mean, after that, you know, I, I think that if there's one thing that people can agree on in this movie, uh, to I mean, as a as a low point to put it is probably Canto Bite, like the whole foggy or chase scene that was very prequel. Okay, I, I will, um, I won't go as far as calling it a low point. I will, um, I'll agree that the, the chase, I mean, for Christ's sakes, if you, if you got the Blu-ray or the digital, you know, the chase was even longer. Yeah. So, I mean, they even scaled it down. Uh, but I could argue that it was just it was unneeded. I'm not going to be someone that's going to say that Canto Bite, as a whole, was pointless. I, I think that's that's careless and stupid. No, yeah, I for people to say like, oh, why why did he even get Canto Bite was completely no, it wasn't. Yeah, here's here's what you can say about Canto Bite, and I'm 100 percent with you on that. Like, I just think like the chase scene was unnecessary, but Canto Bite as a destination was necessary because there's a lot of like there's a lot of plot motion that happens there like and i explained this to a guy that i was working with he's like man we were talking about it probably yesterday he's like man you know i wish i could like i wish there were re-edits out there of tlj and he's not a hater like he's he, he he's not the type of person who's like cut out all the women and all the minority like he's not like that but he's like i i want to see that movie without canto bite and i was like hold on let me just tell you right now if you cut Canto Bite, like if you go through that whole movie and just cut out Canto Bite, what's going to happen is you're going to jump from uh, Rose and Finn leaving the fleet 
straight to them going to Snoke's Star Destroyer with no explanation of how they got there. So if you just look at it from a holistic plot perspective, you cannot remove it. You can't cut Canto Bite out and have the the movie logically make any sense. Um, Exactly, but, I mean, that requires brains. Yeah, I mean, people don't see that. Like, they don't realize that there is necessary shit that's in there. The way to say it is that they could have taken the plot points that were executed in Canto Bite and done them differently. Sure, you could say that, but you can't say that Canto Bite's unnecessary. So, I... Yeah, exactly. I mean, to me, if there's any correction there, they just skip the whole Baltier's nonsense and they all get out escape yada 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 disappear on the ship move on yeah exactly i mean you could shorten it for sure just like matt said like you can shorten it like make it a gunfight instead of a fucking alien horse chase yeah 100 like that that would make it tons better or it doesn't even have to be guns just make it anything just run the fuck away i don't know have digital horse chase yeah like look if, if they're running away from the canto bite guards from the casino guards have them fucking jump off that cliff and here's what you do you bring the water into the to the cliff range you have them jump off and then fucking dj swoops in picks them up in a ship i mean it's the most it's done in a million movies and every time it's done people still react to it so you know it works like just fucking stick with the easy shit Anyway, either way, it's still nothing that bothers me. I mean, even a year later, I mean, if we, if we want to get into that, I mean, when I first walked out of TLJ, I was blown away. I mean, I honestly loved it. But as the year went on and the more times I watched it, talked about it, this, that and the other thing, I really did kind of come to the point where I really did not like the way Luke treated Ray. Yeah. And that to this day that's something that still bothers me about the last Jedi. Yeah, and so here's like when I was when we were first talking about it, and you can go back to our very first cast, like our very first post TLJ cast on the E B network, the way that I put it is that that wasn't the Luke Skywalker that I knew from the OT. And that was my way of saying exactly what you said just now is that I did not like the way that he treated her because it was unjustified. And it's not something that even a jaded Luke Skywalker would do, in my opinion. Like, I could see him hermitizing himself, like going off on the island and closing himself away, even shutting himself off from the Force. But the, the... the way that he treated her did not seem consistent. Well, no, you're her. right. And again, people really have to understand this. Like, if you had, if you're a super bent out of shape about the way Luke was treated or handled in, in Episode Eight, the fact that all of Episode Seven was about finding this guy that exiled himself. If in eight he literally someone some random person just showed up and said, "Hey, Luke, we need you," and he's like, "Okay, let's go." It would have completely made the point of his exile useless. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do people understand that? I, <laughs> I mean, if he just, like, out of nowhere is like, oh, hey, you found me. All right, let's do it. Yeah, it's, it's not like, like, well, then why did you disappear in the first place, bro? Yeah, it's not like he was just sitting on the island waiting for a phone call. Like, the guy was there for a reason. And I mean, so you cannot hate Ryan for keeping Luke on Acto the entire time. Yeah. You can, I do believe, disagree with the way that 
Ryan made him treat Ray. And to me, the I think the better way to approach that is that Luke is more angry at him. Well, not even angry, but he is he's more upset with himself and it's but yeah it like, takes it out on her yeah and the, i mean yoda's a dick too trust me i've seen empire a lot recently yeah yoda's an asshole but he, he's doing it to try to get the the most out of luke exactly luke's like, just being an asshole to ray to be an asshole yeah like like yoda is training him like yoda is putting him through the paces and he's actively saying like if you want to do this you do this my way. I've done this for a But he also, years. dude, he, like, he has a disdain for Luke, which it's captured in a movie, and it's reinforced in those new short stories that came out this year. Yeah, he has... I mean, he, he says, basically, when Luke flies away to Obi, I told you, fuckhead. Yeah, give me, give this, me the girl. This fucker is an asswipe. We should have trained the other one. Yeah. But that's just not what happened with luke in this movie no he was just an he was a fucking as dumb as it sounds he was a rude asshole yeah and he he provided nothing to very little of value to ray in her time there he's a dick like all he did was show her that he was a curmudgeonly old asshole he was a bigger dick than uncle owen yeah yeah and i mean here, and, and right now, currently, the, I mean, one of the reasons that Luke has to come back is th- there has been no resolution between those two characters. Like, Ray did not see Luke come down and do what he did. Like, No, she, she was, you know, flying around in the Falcon and jumping out and moving rocks. Yeah, like, she, she was not, she didn't see that. So she didn't know that, that Luke came back and saved the Resistance so there no, needs... you're exactly right. She needs to know that Luke finally figured the shit out. Yeah, and there needs to because be... Because she was wronged by him. Yeah, there needs to be a reconciliation period between those two characters. And considering that is all that we see on Acto, like the entirety of Acto is just Luke being a dick to Ray the whole time is what makes that part of the movie so frustrating to me. Is because I feel like there there could have been a lot more character growth for both of them there. And it was a missed opportunity. Like, Luke stayed the same way he was through the whole deal. And and Rey, essentially, the, her character growth from that was just that, well, you can't help me, so I'm leaving. Like, that's what the growth was. Like, she picked uh, up. After she begged with him, and she finally realized, like, okay, I ain't getting anywhere at this fuckhead. Yeah, and that was it. Like, there was, you, you took a significant chunk of the movie, and... It, it you didn't progress anything with it so that that kind of annoyed me but everything else in that movie now like i i actually thoroughly enjoy i mean it's one of the best shot movies in the whole series I'm, I'm still gonna stick with this and say that rogue one is the best shot movie there's some oh. there's some scenes in that movie that awe me every time i see it like the star destroyer emerging from the shadows the shot of the the star destroy uh, the uh, I, I I still think if anything else the last Jedi has the best opening sequence of any Star Wars movie. It's fantastic. It's the most action packed starting sequence to any Star Wars movie. Period. I mean, the first time I saw that, I'll never forget it. 
Yeah. I, I was I was about to have a heart attack. And those people who like who hate on that scene with Paige, like I don't understand it. Like, I mean that shit was like I said, I literally almost died. Yeah, it was fantastic. I felt everything. Even though it was a, it's a movie, I know it's a movie. I felt that tension, her frustration, the stress, the unknown. Is she going to get it? Is she going to get it in time? I mean, it was, it was insane. Yeah, it was insanely well-executed opening, and I really enjoy it. Um I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, like that throne room fight scene with Kylo and Rey fighting the Praetorian guards, one of the best fights. Well, that's another moment, not even the fight. I mean, just the fact that that moment happened. I mean, yeah. did you even remotely think going into The Last Jedi that Kylo was going to fucking kill Snow? Not not even for a second. I mean, a year later now, I don't know how people can't reflect on that and be like, Okay, that that's pretty fucking brilliant. Yeah, it makes a hundred percent sense in the character arc of Kylo. Kylo's entire character arc is trying to live up to, if not surpass, his grandfather, and he's done that now. So now you open up a new avenue, a new you know way to go for this character in Episode Nine. Like instead of just running him into the same wall, like how do I how do I surpass Vader? How do I get to the point my grandfather was at like that he's reached that that point now and now his character has to develop further so in that respect i think ryan did a fantastic job of developing the character of kylo ren like it, that right. that movie is great for that to me that that's just that's a moment up there with the um vader reveal i just i did not see the the Snoke betrayal coming from a mile away. No, yeah. When and when in club, I mean, it wasn't even in any of my thoughts or speculations going into that. No, yeah, I mean, because I think a lot of it was like we were super intrigued by this Snoke character. Like we were. Well, we thought we were going to get some history on him. And yeah. Like he he. I mean, we all thought he was Palpatine proper. Yeah, like we thought. I mean, that we he was... we essentially. As much as a lot of people hated The Force Awakens for being a new hope on steroids, those people still kind of wanted the next two movies to be Empire and Return of the Jedi, ultimately. But with what happens in The Last Jedi, it's impossible now to have a Return of the Jedi finale. Yeah, I mean... It's just, it's gone. I mean, because if we would have made Snoke the Palpatine, then yes, we would have had a Return of the Jedi for Episode Nine. Yeah, but it it's been Ray and Kylo ultimately fighting each other and then realizing they shouldn't and turning against Snoke. Yeah, exactly. And that's not there anymore. So, but now you, you have no fucking clue where the shit's going to go because of The Last Jedi. Yeah, it, it really throws everything kind of for a loop. So it's going to be really interesting to see how Chris Terrio and J.J. And Abrams execute that plot line. But, I mean, I think... really the star for me of tlj was kylo that was kylo's movie and he killed it i mean dude in the end you're right but kylo is the star of this trilogy yeah as much as ray is propped up as his light side equal the most from the beginning of this the most interesting storyline to tell has always been 
Ben Solo and how he got here and what is going to happen to him. I mean, because at the end of the day, like, we find out, okay, like, everybody really wants to know who who Ray's parents are, right? We find that out. Say, it doesn't matter who it is. Say it's... And honestly, at this point, I want them to just stick with it. Yeah, like, if they stick with it... I don't it, care. I, I don't care. I want Ray to be from nobodies, and she is just as powerful, if not more powerful, than a goddamn Skywalker. Yeah. I think that's beautiful at this point. Yeah, I mean, if you stick with that, it doesn't change anything. And then even if you make it, if you make her somebody prominent in the galaxy, a Skywalker or a Solo, it it adds intrigue, but it only adds intrigue in the context of Kylo. Because what we're looking for is what is going to make these characters, the dynamic between these characters more interesting. And adding, like, if, if, if Kylo was not Ben Solo, Kylo was just an evil guy, and then it was revealed that Rey was Han Solo's daughter, it wouldn't make a difference. You'd be like, oh man, that's really cool, but it has no effect because... Kylo is, you know, Kylo would just be a, well, a, a that, dude, and and that that's why at this point, I'm more concerned with what is going to happen with Kylo than what's going to happen with Rey. Exactly, like his his arc is way more interesting. Like this, this because again, he's he's royalty. Yeah, he's force royalty, and he's a kid still, and that's what we didn't see, like in the OT. Vader wasn't a kid, like. Well, he's thirty. I mean, he's, he's in his thirties. Like, yeah, he's he's an adult, but he isn't. He, he's not nearly as bad as he would like you to believe. Whereas, as Vader, Vader was bad because that's all he could be. Like there was nothing. Like, there was nothing left for for Vader. He could never turn back to the light. But I, I still believe they're fundamentally different because Kylo wanted to be bad. Ex- yeah, exactly. Vader chose to be bad. Yeah. So there's still there's still redemption available for Kylo pre-death, in my opinion. Like there is, like for Vader, what would have what would have happened if at the end of T- uh, Return of the Jedi, Vader gets revealed and then walks into the into the uh, the the rebellion headquarters in his fucking suit like that's not a appropriate ending for that character like his 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 arc was complete his life cycle was finished whereas there is a life for kylo outside of his current circumstance and the and that just wasn't present for vader there was nothing left for him so you're right i mean i 100 percent agree with well, you. i i still think kylo's toast I don't. I think if they, if if you toast him, I think yeah. I mean, his redemption is going to be through his death. I just think that that's, it's taken the easy way out if you do it that way, because like I said, there's so but the, much. But I mean, how did where, where's the resolution then? Like he just is like, oh hey, I'm good by the way. Well, okay, everyone quit fighting. Well, yeah. I mean, well. I mean, that's does, what's does he figure that out, and then they band together against a greater threat? I mean, but the, see, that's the thing is, regardless of the plot of Return of the Jedi, there was no way that Vader could live. Like his life, his life was over. He was done. But for if you execute it properly, you can you can let Kylo live based off of the plot line 
of episode nine. Like okay, this- well I I and I'm not gonna disagree with you, but I think the only way that happens is if one of the rumors we talked about comes true, and that's Hux is a mole. It could be, yeah, it could be. I mean, like a lot of these rumors could be on the nose. Or Where Hux fucks Kylo, Kylo loses out, but Hux takes over and becomes a threat, and Kylo joins and finishes the First Order. I mean, could you imagine, though, like, think about it from Kylo's perspective, if Hux is a mole and somehow gets the entire First Order to turn on Kylo, could you imagine how that would affect his psyche well, no, that, but that's. I think that's the only way you can go and redeem Kylo without killing him. I think because otherwise, yeah. if he's just like, okay, yeah, let's all be, let's be friends, the First Order, everyone stand down, we're all friends now. I'm gonna be like, okay, go fuck your mom. Oh no, yeah, that, I 100 percent agree that it's not gonna just be him willingly saying like, you know what, this is a bad idea. Yeah, that would be poor writing. That's what I mean. Like he either dies. So the resistance wins, or he has to join them to conquer the first order. Yeah, I think that you're a hundred percent right there. I think you're a hundred percent right, and I think that would be a fitting end to show him. Like this is all about moral lessons for Kylo. Like to show him that it doesn't matter what you're you know that you're the leader of this first order, or that you're the leader of anything. As soon as there is a person who is in a a perceived position of power over you they will turn their back on you so you need to look for something more than just i i I still don't get the guy's motivations to begin with because if he learned anything about his grandfather anything he has this goddamn melted fucking helmet for Christ's sakes. That's the thing. I don't think he actually learned anything about him. Like, I don't well, What th- the fuck was his mom doing? But that's the thing. I think... She had him for at least 10 years. I think... And then fucking Luke had him. I mean, couldn't anyone in his family tell him what the fuck happened with Anakin? But that's exactly what happened with, with Luke. Luke didn't know anything about his father. Nobody told him about his father. Yeah, but he didn't have a mom and dad to tell him. I mean, Ben had a fucking mom and dad that knew everything. I just think that- And an uncle. I don't know. Luke, I- had no- Luke had a fucking old crazy hermit high ground motherfucker. I just think that they did not want to expose him to it. In like it, they figured. Yeah, but once you start seeing him go down the path of the dark side, worshiping the, his fucking grandfather's powers as the Sith Lord, does, does, does not someone step in and say, "Hey, hey, by the way"? I mean, he he's the one that killed the fucking emperor. You dumb fuck. Logically, yeah. Am I you crazy? Would think, you would think so, but we also know how that family was fractured. Like. We know that fucking Han just bolted it out. Just, it blows my mind that someone as strong as Leia, who organized the goddamn rebellion to victory, and then reorganized the resistance to stand up to the First Order, would not know to tell her psycho son, who's literally drawing Vader pentagrams in his bedroom as a kid, that, like, bro... Yeah, he was evil as fuck and strong in the dark side, but guess what? It was his turn to the light that saved us all. 
I mean, it could, but then you have to remember, even if she did do that, you still have Snoke in his head from a young age. And it, it just depends on who he believes. So if you have Leia telling him that your grandfather no, you're, is the you're reason exactly that the right. Light... It just, it goes, just, I mean, Kylo's just a fucking bozo in the end. Well, he's a complex character. Like, there's a lot of shit. That's going. That was going on from with him since he was a child. Like, oh yeah, yeah. He's he's complexly weak. <laughs> he's know. weaker than I mean, to to me. He's weaker than Anakin. Not even close. Not even close. Not even close. Weaker. Anakin. He embraced fell. it. He he embraced the dark side. That's what makes him stronger. Is because he didn't he didn't. No, but out listen to and Yoda's teaching. No. Dude, in, in Empire, in Empire, trust me, I watched it a million times within the past month. Yoda literally says, I know what he don't says. take the shortcut. Don't be like your father. Yeah, but pussies, Yoda- pussies take the easy ways out. Yeah. Pussies are the ones that recognize the dark side can make them stronger quicker. So, again, Kylo is a pussy. Okay, yeah, because that's coming from a Jedi master saying, don't go to the dark side. The greatest that's, Jedi master of all time, the like grandmaster. That's just like a priest telling you, don't masturbate because <laughs> God's going to be mad Listen at you. you. Listen don't to be you upset. discounting the great grandmaster Yoda. How exactly. Because this kid, the reason that he's stronger is because this kid made a conscious choice. He didn't bitch out and say, Oh my God, my wife is dead. I The only thing I can do now is turn to the dark side. He's like, no, I'm making this decision on my own to turn to the dark side. That's my point. So why did someone path. say, hey, asshole, the whole reason you want to turn to the dark side is because of this guy you propped up and he's a phony. It's because he believes who he who his mind wants to believe like he wants to believe that the dark side is the right way to go so he believes he's still, he's, yeah you're he right you're I, i'm not discounting you you're right but in the confines of the universe and how the force works and the teachings of everybody those that take the easy path are pussies but would okay Think about it from his perspective then. He got beat by a noob. But, wait, wait, wait. But think about he got, it. I mean, he literally almost got his face sawed off by before, a noob. Before that, his that turn. That proves my point. Before his turn, what do you think was easier for him? To just go to his uncle's school, coast, and become a Jedi? Or to literally turn his back on everybody in his family and turn his back on everybody he's ever loved everybody he's ever known to turn his back because that's the choice he made that is that's not easier he could if he wanted the easy path he just goes to luke's academy sits it out gets his jedi badge and is like all right i got trained by my uncle i'm a jedi luke already said that he was already poisoned coming into that exactly the harder path would have been fighting that and staying good versus but he didn't even feel like he was fighting it like that was the thing is like to him there was there was no fight he wasn't right because he took the easy path like he just embraced the dark side wholeheartedly and that's not easy for him though to turn his back on everybody that he's ever known no but no i'm gonna disagree with you here all right all right kylo kylo wanted to become as strong as possible as quick as possible and the way to do that as proven by all the movies is to embrace the dark side. And I mean, we also got to remember that a primary part of his turn is that his uncle tried to chop his head off while he was asleep. No, so. but he it was already turned. I mean, he was already Luke there. explained it. Luke basically said, 
this kid's mind was so fucking warped, I felt like I had to kill him. But then at the so. end, he said that he that Luke realized that he was weak. To Lu- do yeah, that. Luke realized that it was not within Luke's mental capacity to kill him. No, but that Luke- do- that doesn't excuse the way Kylo felt. Yeah, but Luke admitted that he was wrong to even approach that. Right, that again, he should have. You're exactly right. Luke admitted that within Luke's own way of thinking he was wrong. It had nothing to do with Kylo and the way and the choices he was making. But we don't know what could have happened if Luke decided not to do that. If he would have stayed on a path to if he would have identified the darkness, stayed on a path to 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 get this out of him. You have you, could you, have you do saved. have a point. You have a you do have a legit point. But I think it was pretty clear from the way Luke said that Kylo was so far gone that it would have been a miracle for him to return to the good. It could have. Yeah, I mean, you, I think you're right. But I don't think he's weaker than Anakin. Not not by a long shot. Anakin literally had everything handed to him. He All he had to do was sit and wait. He was perfectly fine. And what did he do? He believed an old fucker that was clearly lying to him and then killed his own wife. Like, come on. That took him a lot longer to break, though. I mean, I mean Snoke, I, Snoke broke Ben before he was 10 years old. But that's, but like, Anakin was younger. How old was Anakin? Yeah, but no, Palpatine, dude, in, in The Phantom Menace, as much as we want to make fun of it, and we can infer a lot, the, the very last scene, I mean, Palpatine starts working his menace on Anakin. Anakin's, I will watch your career with great interest. Yeah, he was I mean, nine, he's already planting the seeds of how he's going to manipulate this kid. Yeah, I mean, he's nine years old. So you figure how old, same, that's what, you know, how old is Anakin? We have to figure out how old Anakin is in, in um, Revenge of the Sith, though. In episode three. Uh, I believe 20... Three, four, no more than 26. So 26, so you, 16 years, something like that. Say 16 years. Put right, ben, and Ben turns when he's like fucking 12. No, he didn't. Come on, he was at the damn academy. He didn't turn fully to the right, dark. He might have been like about, 15 or 16. If we're talking fully to the dark side, then, you know, call it 16. But he was, but Snoke had been working on him for... Since he was a bait, like since he was a child, probably younger than nine, from what Leia was saying, like Leia was saying that he that that Snoke had been in Ben's mind since he was a literal child. So I mean, it's clear. I mean, like if we're talking about a few years here and there, then you could say, yeah, Anakin might have lasted a little bit longer. But I don't think that that's a sign of weakness or not. What you're what what really determined it is when the opportune moment presented itself. Like, if Kylo doesn't get attacked by Luke there, he lasts as long as he needs to until the opportunity to present itself for him to turn. And then for Anakin, the opportunity didn't present itself for him to fully turn to the dark side until Revenge of the Sith. Where else would he have turned? Um, I mean, based on the movies we were given, he should have never turned. So I can't answer that question for Well, you. yeah. <laughs> So the, I, I'm was, being dead serious. I mean, if you watch the movies, there's there's nothing in the movies that ever convinced me that he would become Darth Vader. The only other time, out even outside of the movies, that was a logical point for him to step away from the Jedi, not even turn to the dark side, just leave the Jedi, is when everything went down with Ahsoka at the end of Clone Wars. 
exactly. But that's, I mean, that's not the movie universe. That's my point. I mean, that's why I hate Revenge of the Sith more than most. It's, yeah. it, it does such damage to the character of Darth Vader. It does. It really just kind of shits on him. And Anakin. I mean, it cheapens them both in, in one fell swoop. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's nothing outside of the one well-acted scene in Attack of the Clones post-murdering Tusken Raiders that ever convinced me that Anakin Skywalker's in the prequel could be Darth Vader. None of it. Yeah. You're right. Nothing convinced me that that kid man could have turned into a kid murderer, uh, basically Jedi, Jedi genocider. I mean, it just it doesn't make sense. No, I mean, I 100% agree. But when it comes to Kylo, all of his choices do make sense. It do, yeah. So I'll give you that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so... We talked about the movie, went off the fucking rails a little bit. Um, one of the other things I wanted to touch on, and I, I mean, I mentioned the franchise and I mentioned the fandom, but what I really want to talk about, you know, out of those two, what I think is most important to talk about now is the, is the fandom. And I mean, you're really ingrained in the fandom. We're both really ingrained in the fandom, obviously running this site, running this podcast, but you even doubly so with within the toy community. So... What I want to know is, post-TLJ, till now, have you seen a significant shift in the fandom itself? No, but that's on purpose, because a lot of the bozos, I just decided to stop following. That makes sense. I, I couldn't take it. I mean, I just it's literally this past year, this first time in my life, I had to, stop, I had to start just either blocking or unfollowing people on social media just because I didn't want to see that shit anymore. Well, that's pretty indicative though. If it's just within this year, that means that like the, the it was within this year. Yeah. I mean, I dude, I, I'm not an idiot. I, I there, there's no doubt in my mind. There is a demarcation line in star Wars fandom in December of 2017. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can chart it. Like it's, it's one of those things where Star Wars as fan- small as the movement was, it still created this this divisiveness. It's like a, I mean, for lack of a better reference or metaphor, it's like the pebble drop in the pond. Like the pebble itself is very small, but the waves oh extend of far. I mean, dude, it just I can't tell you how many people that I actually appreciated their work, but I had to stop following because of shit they would be putting in their stories. And they're like, oh, look at this fucking stupid cunt. Yeah. You know, talking about Rose or something. Like, I wish this cunt would die. It's like, Christ. It's like, yeah, you can't. Or like, dude's like breaking her figure in half. Like, I wish I could do this. It's like, what are we talking about? Yeah. And I mean, if we if we look at. I mean, like, even a day, even the day before TLJ came out, like, if we look at the response to TFA and kind of dissect that a little bit, you you hit on everything that people hated about that movie earlier in our conversation. You said that, you know, people hated TFA because it was too similar to A New Hope. And that was it. Like, that was... That was the fandom divide, was that there were people who thought 
that the movie was too similar to the OT. And that literally got no traction. Like you would hear people talk about it like, oh, it was all it was was a new hope remade. And I was like, okay, so what's wrong with that? Like, what did you not like about the movie? And when you hit them with that, when you hit them with, what did you not like about the movie? Like, tell me things you did not like. They generally quiet up. Like, they'll say, they may be able to point to a couple of things. They're like, well, why is she too much like Luke? And then I'll say, and, and then you can just come back and say, you're just stating the same point again. Like, they can't actually pick out shit about the movie that they don't like. They just don't like that it's similar. Where all of that shifted the day that TLJ came out. And it's noticeable. And it's noticeable for me a lot because I work in social media and I, you know, participate in social media and you see the shit all the time. Like I think you said today, Ryan put out a tweet saying, Oh, you know, one, it wasn't one today. Year. It might've been, it was on the anniversary or whatever, but he put out a tweet essentially thanking fans. And then of course he took it up the ass. Yeah. Like he got skewered again <laughs> by like just destroyed. Yeah. And to, I mean, and another point about this is that, like, literally Russian bots were deployed to feed the the toxicity in Star Wars fandom due to this, due to the reception to this movie. Like, we've never seen anything like that before. Regardless of when a movie was, re- was released, we've never seen Star Wars fandom weaponized before like we had seen with TLJ. Which is really frightening, if you think about it. No, it's frightening, but it also shows you how um, fundamental Star Wars fandom is to America. Yeah. I mean, this... what people When it can be used to muddy up our politics. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, they're using Star Wars against us now. Yeah, I mean... I mean, they're they're not even going for the racial, the obvious racial divides. They're just going right for Star Wars fandom now. Yeah, and if you think like, what other franchise in cinema history has there is none. has been able to do that? You're, yeah, zero, none. There's no, there's no franchise. There's no individual movie ever that had so much influence on society that it could be used to do that. And. That's that it puts Star Wars and the creators of Star Wars in a very unique and uncharted position. Well, ever I mean, these days, anyone involved in Star Wars is a target. Yeah. I mean, you know, we don't have the size of a fan base to where we get death threats or anything. I mean, like just, that, but... just think about it, dude. At this point in time, Daisy Ridley, the star of the new trilogy. Is off doesn't media. use social media because of Star Wars. Yep. And then a co-star from the second film. Kelly Marie Tran. Also, also deleted social media because of Star Wars. Yeah. And, and and get the common theme, they're both girls. Yeah, they're both women. I mean None of none of the male Star Wars actors have had to delete their accounts yet. I mean, I'm surprised. I think Boyega had said that he got some unsavory stuff at one time. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I know he got kicked one. in the teeth during TFA when they, you know, how dare they make a black man a stormtrooper yeah. debacle kicked off. Yeah, but he powered But through. I think people, like, after the movie kind of enjoyed him, and I, I think he kind of has a pass now. But, yeah, I mean, 
it's kind of odd, but it's not that surprising to think that two of the bigger female stars of the new Star Wars had to delete social media presences. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where we're at. I mean, and that's... Because of The beca- Last Jedi. Because of the biggest movie franchise in cinema history. Like, it's... It is. It's disturbing, and I really... This is, to me, I mean, in my lifetime, this is the low point for Star Wars fandom. And I think that this may be the low point that it'll, the lowest point it'll ever reach. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I mean, the future is, nobody knows the future. Ask Yoda. But I just don't see it. Like, how much lower can you go from here? I just don't see where, like, how, how far down you can go. Like, it would be one thing. I, I, I did here. I mean, I don't even want to say this. But, I mean, I think the lowest it could go would be Fanatics attacking Episode Nine screenings. Yeah, I mean, I... As sad as that is, but that's a reality, I believe, in our country these days. Uh, Oh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean... It's it's a real reality. I mean, it's it's literally happened. Like a person. I mean, it wasn't a fucking Batman. Fanatic, Not Star but somebody, Wars, but yeah. I, mean, I believe it was one of the Batman movies. You yeah, know, you had got a guy shot show up. up and spray people and. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, honestly, at this point in time, I could see someone bent over Star Wars attacking a Episode Nine premiere. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, and that is that, that would that's be... how fucking crazy shit's gotten. In a year's time, because of the Last Jedi. That I mean, again, just to tie it back to the Last Jedi. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, that that would be god awful, devastating, and like it would sh- worst possible scenario. But yeah, something in America, I don't think is out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, we have a serious firearms problem in this country, and it could definitely happen. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's crazy to think how one movie can affect so much in such a short amount of time. And I mean, we've seen it even just looking at the franchise itself. I mean, the the waves from TLJ along with the decisions made by Disney with Solo have led us to a point to where we we literally are not getting movies that were planned. They they've done greater this is the the most fucked up part of this they've done greater damage to the franchise than the prequels oh yeah like because of the 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 time they released and i forget who finally brought it up and i'm still taking credit because i've mentioned it i think almost a year ago but someone finally brought up that the the fact that the reason these newer movies are just taking such a beating and causing such divisiveness now and the prequels didn't is because of the advent of social media. Oh yeah. The prequels were not subject to that nonsense. No. Where everyone's a critic because if they were, I'm telling you right now, star Wars fandom would have already murdered itself by now. Oh yeah. And here's the thing. I mean, you hit it right on the head. Like the conversation about the prequels, and this is kind of what I discussed in my fandom article um, if you haven't read that, it's on StarWarsTime.net. It's still on the one of the featured sets called Star Wars Fandom in the Digital Age. That the conversation about about the prequels globally, I mean nationally and globally, was restricted to a very select few people. 
you had prominent movie reviewers who obviously had their opinions and put them out about it, but two like far and away those were the only people who could get their opinions out were columnists, you know, uh, TV personality stuff like that. A lot of the conversation around the prequels and the dis- the dislike or whatever around it was local. It would be held or, conversations or forums. Held. I mean, yeah. people forget the internet used to be full of forums. Forums have essentially died. Yeah, I mean, because it, of social media. And I mean, if you don't know what a forum is, like a forum is like it's a spot where it the conversation you post a topic and people riff on it. It's yeah. Reddit, but it's it's, a, it's, it's a, Reddit. It's a conversation that is strictly run and moderated by the people who are within that fandom. So it's unlike Facebook or Twitter where it's everything and it's everybody. No, it's literally Reddit. Yeah. So like if you if you were to go to a Star Wars board in two thousand four, it's only gonna be Star Wars fans there and all the hate's gonna be gonna be sat just on Star Wars fans. Now everybody's in on it. Casual. Bots, Russian bots, yeah, fucking crazy people, MAGA people, yeah. crazy liberals, you name it. Yeah, like me and Matt would be on, like, we are the type of people that would be on forums back in those days, but... Oh, I definitely, re- I didn't comment on forums, but I definitely read them for fucking whatever I could find, new yeah, information. Exactly, but now, like, even the casual fan has the ability to express their opinion on Star Wars and anything else... To, for everybody to see on social media, and if that fa- if that was available back in two thousand, like you said, back in two thousand one, ninety nine, two thousand four, uh, two thousand five, there would have been a conflagration. I mean, dude, just think about YouTube. I mean, people can now put out literally videos that go to millions of viewers, basically saying, "I hate this Star Wars movie because of X, Y, and Z." Yeah, like it's it is. <laughs> I mean, infinitely. could you imagine what that would have been like back in? 99, 02, and 05? Yeah, I mean... If people were able to do that? The voice was... Like, this is going to be a tricky thing to say, and I kind of, like... I had to word around it in my article as well, but the suppression of the global... Of of the global voice is, is almost better in a circumstance like this. People not having the ability to throw out their opinions willy-nilly like they do now is almost better like oh no i i agree again may not be popular but uh, i'm i'm with you at this point yeah i mean like the, i said the shit's just gar- i mean it, it is just turned us into even bigger trash bags than we already are yeah it's a tricky thing to say because i am all about freedom of speech and giving everybody the ability to express their opinion i've run like me and Matt run this website where we post is primarily our opinion. We run this podcast, primarily our opinion. So I would never tell anybody that they don't have, that they shouldn't have the ability to express their opinion. What I'm trying to say is that the, the ability has brought us to a place where toxicity levels in our society are higher than they've ever been. Well, just people need to understand these platforms can literally fuck up your life, so be yeah, careful. They can. I mean, they look at Ryan Johnson. Like you said, the, the guy literally posted. Well, a not tweet. even him. I mean, there, there's been people that have lost careers over. I mean, lost career. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he uh, he just likes to make his life 
miserable for fun. Yeah, he for some reason he is kind of a like, glutton for I mean, punishment. You know, if you want to do the director comparison, I mean, you got Ryan Johnson fooling around with trolls, then you got James Gunn literally losing his MCU money printing career. Yeah. Because of Twitter. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it can have an effect like that on your life. And yeah, so, I mean, people just need to understand like that shit will kill you these days. Yeah. Be it past, present or future tweets. You're fucked. Yeah. So and I don't know. I mean, it's just the way that you should conduct yourself on social media. And this is it's like uh, a Jedi. That's all we have to say. Yeah. Just if you wouldn't say th- whatever it is that you're typing to the person's face, then you shouldn't be putting it on. Do it like Luke would do outside of episode eight. Luke. Yeah. Outside of TLJ Luke, (laughs) but any other Luke handle it like that. Maybe not episode four because he was kind of cocky kid. Yeah. I mean, Han called him out on it, but yeah, man. I mean, this movie has been, has caused a Titanic shift and not only the fandom, but the franchise itself. And, it's I'm I'm glad I'm happy to be a part of the fandom because I want to see how the progression is going to go over the next. Well, I do, 10, too. And I, I think a lot of people forget. And obviously you and I, we, we can't comment on it. But from what I've read in older people I've talked to, when Empire came out, it was almost as devastating to people, except it came out in 1980. Yeah, I remember reading that too. So there was no, there, there were no mediums for people to just go out and spew their hate. Yeah. So I mean, by the time it started to make its rounds through most of the public, people came around to the concept of it of the good guys losing and really nothing happening, and it ultimately became, in a lot of fans' eyes, the the greatest Star Wars movie ever told. I think a lot of it has to do, and I mean, this can be applied to prequels too, is that that those feelings, like the feelings of hate, of I mean, dislike, hate, whatever you want to call it, towards the film, they back then they could die. Those feelings would eventually fizzle out. Like you, you see the movie, you have a, an umbrage with it, and then you move on and you get excited for the next one because at su- at a certain point. There is no longer a forum for you to put out those feelings anymore. Exactly. It exactly. It, it hits a stopping point now. People, basically, back then, people stopped talking about it. There yeah. was no texting. There was no posting. The internet wasn't even commercially available. Exactly. So, and now you can. It's always fresh. You can always talk about it. There is always a place for you to go to to spew. Your hate. Skynet, save us from ourselves. It might be better. We might need a we might need a T two type of situation here to reset fucking just to regulate <laughs> social media. Yeah, like he comes back and just blows up fucking Twitter. I mean, I would take that honestly. Twitter is <laughs> Twitter and Reddit are kind of just ces- Twitter cesspools. <laughs> I'm here to take you out. Oh man! All right. I think we've... Uh, yeah, well, I think we kind of squeezed every last drop out of that dead bitch. But anyways, hey, a year later, I still like TLJ. I kind of want to watch it again. But at this point in time, my kid has me locked and loaded into the originals. There are no negotiations. She wants nothing to do with BB-8 and Ray, And I haven't even had the balls to bring up the prequels to her. So 
I'm stuck in original land. Not a bad place to be. But honestly, at 38, with all the Star Wars I've seen, it, it's getting rough to watch New Hope, Empire, and Jedi multiple times a week. <laughs> but as a Star Wars fan and dad, I'll take it. Yeah, could be worse. I'll take, yeah, I mean, it's better than watching Moana for the 150th time. <laughs> Even though I, I, I did appreciate that movie the first five times I watched it. Eventually, it just starts to wear on you. Frozen, same way. I mean, that's another one. I liked it, but now it's just like, okay. <laughs> but we're getting there with Star Wars, but I, I, you will never break me down, Star Wars. I love you to the end of the earth. All right, my friends, like Obi used to say to Luke, remember, the Force will be with you always. <laughs>